0: Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois.
1: And I'm Jimmy Fowler, Elder Candidate at Redeemer
0: Fellowship. What's up, boo-boo? Hey, hey, I'm good. Is it still January when this thing is releasing?
1: I don't know. Uh, yes, yes, yes. It's technically, still January. Okay. Technically, it is. technically January. it
0: is. End of January. End
1: of January. Yes, I, this would be the last
0: one in January, if I uh, remember correctly. That, that means nope. We're getting closer to spring. What? Mm-hmm. What? I feel like you're about to make a joke. I wasn't. I okay. was just saying, like, man, I'm glad that we're moving on. We're moving. We're going to mm-hmm. get into February, which yep. is can be even colder. Yep. Yep. Than. Now, I'm wondering, though. Here it is. Well, I know. I'm just talking. Here taught, it I'm is. I'm just wondering if I knew it. I, in I February, I if in February, you. maybe you'll be done with your elder candidacy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could see I do you. believe. <laughs> I do believe you. Your lies bounce off me like ping pong balls. I, I do believe. I think they stick to you like ping pong balls covered in honey. Now, um, uh, I believe that you gave a solemn oath to the elders at our recent meeting. I don't meeting. remember
1: a solemn oath. I'm yeah, pretty sure I, it was remember, a solemn
0: oath that you would have I your elder a, candidacy done by the end of February. I,
1: uh, I don't know about a solemn
0: oath. Pretty sure it was a blood oath. I, I remember it being— remember. pretty sure.
1: I remember it being— uh,
0: a, a, a earnest
1: desire, a, maybe you know? more of. A, a, I, I felt like a, a weak it, wish. I think it's a weak know, wish, is what it really is. Wish. I mean, I kind of I liken it to uh, your
0: books. You know? Okay, so like, like you know, so oh yeah, I'll solid that, like biblical. I, you know, I'll
1: have it at that time, or oh, so not my seven books. months later.
0: No, you're, so you're not comparing it to my books; you're comparing it to the writing of my books. Oh, of course, your books yeah. are fantastic. Okay, I would yeah. never compare kinda, my thing to your kinda, books. I kind of, I kind of, I, I tend to push things off a little bit with the publisher. You know just once or twice or every every book hey hey future publishers i'll i'll be it'll be different for you cuz <laughs> now now, you. now i'm serious i don't play anymore <laughs> <laughs> yeah man we had uh man, we're at the church it's uh um, it's loud it's I, it's saturday yep and uh and there is a ton of activity going on here there's like yep. training for Teacher, journey Kids, Journey Kids, Journey te- Kids. Yep. So they're are they training the kids or are they tra- training the teachers?
1: Teachers, but the kids. Uh, kids need Childcare. Childcare. So there's childcare too. So there's there's child kids. Care. So there's some
0: kids here. Yep. Awesome. Why aren't you helping? I don't do Journey Kids. Yeah, but you could be helping for childcare.
1: No, I know, no. I was mm. working on. A I saw sermon. your. I
0: saw your wife is here. Yep. She's. And you uh, made her bring the kids so that you and I could hang out and talk.
1: No. Dang, dude. That's a second. That actually half of that's true. Yeah. The the but it's only about not even half. It's like fifteen percent true. Yeah. Because. The other uh, 85% yeah. was because I was doing sermon prep for mm-hmm. tomorrow. I don't think so because she got here at 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? 10, yeah. Okay. And I was doing sermon prep from 10 to 10, – 10.15. Nah, you know what? Was- 10, I know how you 10, work. 10.40. Right. 10.40. Listen. Uh, and anyways, I started earlier today than that.
0: Okay, good. Good. Well, I'm glad you made a little bit of time for me today.
1: Not and not just for oh, me. Oh,
0: Joe was just so mad. Not just
1: from I was mad. I was like I was like yeah, dude. I can only from the, okay. You were you were uh, first of you all were a little jealous. I, was, I little wasn't jealous. jealous. Yes, I, was, I was like, I was what was taking, are we I'm doing? My daughter I don't know what out. we were doing.
0: We're supposed okay. First of all, you could take her out a two or three or four. What's the difference? That's all, what I'm doing? No, you said okay. No, you could take her out at three. Or, I said two, three or four. You're like, um, we're gonna have less than an hour and a half to record all the stuff that we got to do. Yeah. Okay. Well, we don't do that normally. We have a minimum of an hour and a half. When yeah, we record. yeah. But I gave you two hours. I'm taking my daughter to a show. This time At the Allstate, state, yeah, yeah. All-state arena. Yeah, but it was going to be less than an hour and a half. That's
1: because I misheard. yeah. you mean you, you, mean you didn't uh, our listen conversation mm-hmm. on Wednesday. I thought uh, you said
0: 11:30. Nope 11 I,
1: Again, I said I just said I thought you said. Yeah,
0: I know you were wrong, yeah. though.
1: And because you weren't listening because Joe could never be wrong., Oh, I'm wrong all the time. Oh yeah all the time, but never in this wrong. case,. Mm. The, um, the only reason why in this case you could say that is because it wasn't on text.
0: No, because I if know. If it was in
1: text, then you would say, no, no, no. And then I would point it out and be like, oh, okay, I guess I'm wrong. No. But Joe will not admit he's wrong unless you could show him oh, in the yeah. text Yeah, I make message. you show me, for sure. You
0: make you show. Even if I know that I'm wrong, I won't admit it till you show me. That's right. Yeah, that's how I do it. I, uh, exactly. That's healthy. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're getting back into the Gospel and Kingdom by yep. Graham Goldsworthy. Um, great little book. Great introduction to biblical theology, focusing on the Old Testament and how to make sense of it. And so today we're hitting chapter four, maybe chapter five. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. I think we're just going to hit chapter four. Because we're not going to do every chapter in this book. Uh, we're going to. No, do... Some people have
1: been asking. So I, yeah. I, well, I, when I say some,
0: annoying one people. person, ba- asks me. little babies little baby heads No, one
1: person asks. Hey, what's is there kind of a like? What should I read up to? Is kind of what they're asking. Like, hey, what should I read to prepare? Yeah. For the next thing, you know. So
0: it's good yeah. to just... kind of have an idea. Okay, so here's the thing. Uh, we don't know what we're doing. Uh, <laughs> we're just kind of making it up as we go. We've read the book, uh, and it's really good. But we're just going to hit some some of the key chapters. So we'll hit four. We'll hit five. Uh, we we'll, might hit a couple of others. Um, we we want to get you guys into it, right? Yeah, we want to yeah. get you guys into this stuff and reading more, and we'll do some other books as well. So today we're in uh, chapter four. It's chapter on four. biblical theology and the history of redemption. So the emphasis this time is on the history of redemption. And so when, it, when we're starting out here, uh, you know, Goldsworthy revisits this idea of biblical theology and what it is. But this time, he is showing us again the distinction between between what?
1: Well, he, the distinction between uh, he would call Christian doctrine and biblical theology, right? Right. And so, it's, and what is
0: Christian doctrine?
1: Oh, Christian doctrine, uh, like like systematic theology, I think is a way yeah. people would would understand that probably clearer, right? Uh, than what he's talking about there. And so, um, it's that gathering of. Actually he actually talks about it right here. 45. Uh, 45, yeah. It involves a systematic gathering of the doctors of the Bible under various topics to form a body of definitive Christian teaching about man, sin, grace, the church, sacraments, ministry, and so
0: on. He means ordinances right there. That's Okay Ordinances, <laughs> ministry, and so on. <laughs> right, right. And so they uh, obviously Goldsworthy is obviously yeah. obviously He obviously. is a fan of systematic theology. We need systematic theology. yeah, uh, but it is different from biblical theology. And so in what ways is it different? Well, it, it, it's it's different in how we get to it, okay and it's different in its makeup, right? So systematic theology, Forces us to work with biblical theology, and and hermeneutics, right? Mm -hmm. Understanding. Uh, the story of scripture, the revelation of God, this progressive revelation. But then we've got to, in a sense, he says we've got to transform it, right? And that doesn't mean changing it. It just means arranging it in such a way that we can make sense of particular topics and subjects, right? So the Bible doesn't organize itself like a systematic theology. Yeah, yeah. Boy, that would make it much easier to interpret. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> everybody would be reformed. Um, but uh so but it, it it's revealed progressively through yeah. narrative and all these different genres and so then the systematic theologian then has to organize uh you know systematize uh, summarize and other kinds of eising uh to make it uh yeah i got it i, I was going to yeah. say it too i was going uh, or other eising <laughs> yeah, so um so that's what it is you you really can't get to systematic theology, at least you can't get to a good systematic theology without biblical theology, and if you have biblical theology, then you should be compelled to develop yeah. a, a systematic theology. And the danger is, and, and I've, I've seen this before, where you know, you'll read a systematic theology, and I'll, I'll, even, I'll even call out somebody— so, but I'm not going to call out who you think I'm. I, call I, out. I didn't think it was going to. Yeah, I, but you, yeah. Thought I, you thought I was. You thought I was going to call out one particular. No, I was Modern no. systematic theologian. No, I did not. But air quotes systematic theology. Air quotes. I'm not, no, I'm not, not talking about that thinking. guy. So, I love Charles Hodge's three-volume systematic theology. It was yeah. the first Systheo I ever got. Uh, I got it in 1992, and uh, it was it was so big. And I started reading it, and I, I loved it so much. But it feels to me as if it's. While I agree with so much of what it says, yeah. it doesn't seem to be as clearly built upon biblical theology as as other systematic theologies. And so, uh, you know, Goldsworthy really talks about the danger of systematic theology just kind of going and proof texting various parts of the Bible to support their ideas, um, when a better way is to actually work with biblical theology. Start there. As you're able to uh, do, that enables you to then get to Theo. So while they're different, right, they're different, they shouldn't be divorced from each other. No, no, no. It's what God has joined together, (laughs) let no man put us (laughs) under. Now, uh, on page 45, Mm -hmm. uh, he talks about biblical theology, uh, and you were talking to me about this earlier, biblical theology being dynamic. Would you want to read
1: that? Yeah, sure. It's the uh, first full paragraph uh, starting at page 45 there at the bottom. Uh, Biblical theology, as defined here, is dynamic, not static. That is, it follows the movement and process of God's revelation in the Bible. It is closely related to systematic theology. The two are dependent upon one another. But there is a difference in emphasis. Biblical theology is not concerned to state the final doctrines which go to make up the content of the Christian belief but rather to describe the process by which revelation unfolds and moves towards the goal, which is God's final revelation of his purposes in Jesus Christ. Biblical theology seeks to understand the relationships between the various, various eras in God's revealing activity recorded in the Bible, The systematic theologian is mainly interested in the finished article, the Statement of Christian Doctrine. The biblical theologian, on the other hand, is concerned rather with the progressive unfolding of truth. It is on the basis of biblical theology that the systematic theologian draws upon the pre-Pentecostal,
0: pre-Pentecost
1: text of the Bible as part of the material from which Christian doctrine may be formulated."
0: Okay, so, uh, and, but it would be pre-Pentecostal as well, because Pentecostalism became... Yeah, I know, later, I know. So I know. you still could have read it that way. <laughs> All right, so the two things here uh, that we see is that biblical theology, uh, when he says it's it's dynamic, it's not static, it's it's following this movement, mm-hmm. right, this, Progression. this unfolding drama of, of God's grace, uh, that means that since it's focused on progressive revelation and how it works itself out, the issue then is hermeneutics, it's interpretation, like how do we interpret this text and make sense of it, that's what allows us to then get to Cis Yeah. You can't get to Theo without this. This is an absolute requirement for us to do it well. So then
1: what about, I could hear some people saying, at least in the back of my head I hear, well, hold on, if it's progressive and it's it's changing, uh, why is it that, you know, as Reformed and as conservatives, we say, well, hold on, it's not continuing that today.
0: Yeah. Well, one, we would say it's not changing, um, but it is a, a truth that is revealed. And he does a good job talking about this, how the the truth of God is revealed, and it has peaks and valleys of, of revelation, right? Mm. So it's not just this one steady stream of increasingly clarified uh, truth, But that it's more of this up and down peak and valley sort of a thing where God is manifesting uh, himself, revealing himself, his plan, his work. And um, we would say that that unfolding of the history of redemption is leading somewhere, right? It's it's bringing us to the revelation of Jesus Christ, his person, his work, his life, death, resurrection, ascension, the establishment of his church, and then the promised end where we have a resurrection and Mm -hmm. a new heaven and new earth and the argument about well has revelation ceased is in an, in and of itself a a different argument than biblical uh, theology. Okay. So, I, you know, it's like the and that would be a different topic. We should actually probably talk about is the canon closed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be a good one. Uh, we got some good books to recommend on that too. But I would just say in short that um, we do believe that the can- with all Protestants uh, mm. <laughs> historically that the canon is closed. That God has revealed Himself in sixty six books. That we hold these to be the Word of God. And there is no more revelation as we... Something prop- new, refreshing,
1: yeah. as some people The
0: revelation say. of God is complete. Now, does that mean... People, the thing is, people, people trip over this idea, well, what does, can't God reveal himself to me in nature? And doesn't God reveal himself in nature? Like, well, yes, but we're talking about special revelation, a word from God yeah, that yeah. has authority that, that would bind believers. And that revelation is now complete after the writing of Revelation. So we have a complete canon, that is our authority, and this doesn't mean that God can't teach or lead yeah. or quote, and quote, reveal things to you as you're praying or reading the Bible, but that revelation is more a reminding you of what is what in Revelation. What's already in there.
1: It's not in contradiction or, or on top of. Yeah, it's not
0: uh, not in or contradiction or not in addition to. I think both, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Oh, okay, I thought you said or. No. Did you say or? Yeah, it's not this or that. Well, Andor, got, but it's got to be Andor, yeah. Yeah, Andor. Andor is the way to say it. And slash or. That's, that's right. All right, good. Well, I'm glad you finally. I came around. You were wrong. I came around. You, you changed my mind. Oh, okay, so you were wrong. Okay, good. Yeah. Yes, like, good, like, good. I'm good. always wrong. Yeah, so, um, all right, so in this chapter, though, he's getting to the history of redemption specifically, and he says on 46, in that first section underneath that new section, the yeah. history of redemption and the kingdom of God, it says, We have seen that the Old Testament is not a mere textbook of the history of Israel, as we understand it today, but a theological history. Mm-hmm. How can we characterize this history so that we are able to see the real unity within it? I suggest we look at the Old Testament as a history of redemption. In other words, the key to the Old Testament is not the part Israel plays. This is really important. It's not the part that Israel plays. The key to the Old Testament is the part God plays in redeeming a people from slavery and making them his own. This is the key. This is what is building the kingdom of God, which is his end goal, right? To have a kingdom without end where his people worship him in spirit and in truth mm-hmm. they are redeemed uh, and he is reigning and so you know the history of redemption is the the theological history of the old testament working towards this end and that's going to he says this is what's going to um, not only provide a structure for the old testament yeah um, but it is the the goal itself
1: it shows like a process to that goal, right? Right. It shows how uh, God has been revealing Himself and intervening
0: uh, in the world. Uh, this history of redemption that culminates in Jesus Christ. Right, right. And so that that sort of intervening and revealing is is the progressive aspect of the history yeah. of redemption. So uh, he actually gives us uh, like three aspects of uh, or features of the history of redemption and starting on page 47 the first one is what you were just talking about Mm -hmm. Jimmy, that it is progressive right
1: oh absolutely that is it it, uh, that is easy to simply by comparing the light which the patriarchs abraham isaac and jacob had on god's purposes with the understanding possessed by a post-exilic jew who could draw on moses and all the prophets so when we look at the old testament we find the full light of the gospel and all its implications are expounded central to this gospel is the kingdom
0: right so um and if people are if people are reading along just sorry i jump when i read. yeah it was like new testament old testament yeah. but yes <laughs> so you're, you as you were reading um the the revelation of god mm-hmm. to the patriarch is then um held on to and understood by jews much later yes. on and so by the time we get to the new testament all of it really starts to come together. That's right. In this beautiful, in this beautiful picture. Now, here's an important thing. We were talking about this earlier. Yeah. The second paragraph on that section says, "Do this? Does this mean that truth was rather dimly understood at the start and became brighter uh, at the coming of Jesus?" And he says, "Not really." Yeah. Um, the idea of a gradual quote dawning of the light end quote is useful to a point, but it does not explain what appear to be important peaks or climaxes within the process. What we find is a series of stages, each self-contained, each coming to a climax, leading in turn to a new stage. Mm -hmm. The emphases given to certain events and people historically and theologically direct the reader's attention to such climaxes. So it's a progressive revealing of God throughout the Old Testament about this redemption of a people— but um it's it's not a super slow, gradual dawning of light yeah. that is consistent. There tend to be ups and downs. And then secondly, the second feature is that the history of redemption is incomplete without the New Testament. Um, you can only understand so much yeah. by reading the Old Testament. If you divorce it from the New, then the fulfillment of the promises of God are, mm-hmm. can't properly be understood because the the way that God fulfills His promises is oftentimes very unexpected. You know, it's 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 not very orthodox. No, sometimes yeah, yeah. the way the way the kind of the established expectation, yeah. God does it in a different way. Yeah, it's countercultural. It's
1: it's not contra, or you know, it's going against kind of what we our preconceived notions of of how he would do it. So that, how does this then? I mean, I don't know if I'm kind of going into a different topic here, right? But I mean, as we as we kind of share uh, in some regards a a history with uh, with the people of God, with, with Israel, mm-hmm. right? And so for them, the Old Testament is kind of that that standard. That's where they're at, right? Uh, and so how then, I guess. How do you how do you reach or, or talk to a people uh, that does not recognize the authority?
0: I guess of of the New Testament. Well, I think what you're talking about, him, you know, he gets into on page 48, and it would be the first full paragraph, um, because the, this issue of recognizing the New Testament to be that by which we interpret the Old is critical. Yeah, um, to have to understanding biblical theology, God, the gospel, the whole thing. He says here that Christianity does not differ from Judaism by asserting that the Old Testament is incomplete. Judaism also recognizes the future hope mm, of prophecy, yeah. which remained unfulfilled until Old Testament times. So everybody seems to be able to recognize, well, the Old Testament isn't complete. There, yeah, yeah. there, is, a, there is something else There's is, there's a hope, There's a come. future hope that right. we are, that we are uh, anxiously waiting for. And he says some, both Christians and Jews, have tended to lose sight of a future messianic fulfillment and have thus reduced the Old Testament to a code of morals encased within an interesting but rather irrelevant era of ancient history. The essential difference between the two faiths lies in how the completion of the hope of Israel is brought about. According to the New Testament, it is the Christ event mm-hmm. which brings this hope to its appointed goal. Judaism on the other hand rejects Jesus of Nazareth as the awaited messianic fulfiller and looks for other ways. So I guess what I would say is if if somebody is saying we don't need the New Testament to understand the Old um I would like to know how um how they know that. How do they know they don't need the New Testament to interpret the Old? So clearly they they they've they've read the New Testament. Yeah, I think that's what you're trying to get is like obviously they have not, right? Like is that what you're saying because yeah, it, 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 it seems it seems to me that um, you can draw conclusions about what is meant by the Old Testament but how can you know what some of it means without divinely inspired authors telling you what they mean mm. when our conclusions are likely to be wrong uh, just like many of the Jews of of Jesus day were wrong I mean yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm preparing to uh, I'm done now but I'm getting ready to preach a passage out of um, Luke seven uh when when John is here's about what Jesus is doing, he's in jail, and John the Baptist is like, hey Jesus, are you the one? Yeah, are you for real? Or should we look for somebody else? Now it doesn't make sense, because Jesus is doing a whole heck of a lot. Yeah. Raising kids from the dead, raising people from the dead, healing, preaching. And so the only reason why that sort of a question would be asked is because of a misunderstanding of the promises of God in the Old Testament. Um, And so what does Jesus do? He interprets Mm -hmm. what he's doing, in light of what the Old Testament promised, and he goes, so this is how you know. In other words, I'm saying, without the New Testament, we are likely to get the Old Testament wrong. I think yeah. that that's what Goldsworthy is is ultimately saying here. Not all of it, yeah. but, but but much of it.
1: And then ultimately, kind of what you're talking about. He says, thirdly, the history of redemption is to be interpreted, right, right. Yeah. And so when we look at the Old Testament, uh, and as we read the Old Testament, or we read the old, yeah, the Old Testament, we are interpreting it uh, through the lens of
0: the New, right yeah that's that's where we have the 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 clearness of Christ yeah. in the gospel um and so he the, he says if it's going to be interpreted um he says the the method which biblical theology requires is we begin with the New Testament to understand the old we start with the new mm-hmm. that's where we get the clarity on the gospel the New Testament drives us back to the Old Testament because it is because it everywhere presupposes that the Old Testament, as the basis of the gospel. So the New Testament at no point dismisses the Old. It doesn't say you don't need that. The New Testament drives us back to the Old as the basis for what they're saying in the New. Yeah, They are connected. You can't really separate them. If you're reading the New, you're going to have to understand the Old. And if you're reading the Old, you're going to need to read the New to make yeah. proper sense of it. And yeah. then what? Uh, that the New Testament establishes for us that the Old Testament
1: involves promise and hope of a goal which is fulfilled in Christ. It thus directs us to take account of the dynamic, the living process and movement of the Old Testament, which leads us on to the Christ of the Gospels. Because the New Testament declares the Old Testament to be incomplete without Christ, we must understand the Old Testament in the light of its goal, which is Christ. Jesus is indispensable to a true understanding of the Old Testament as well as the New.
0: So on on one hand, like I I know um, I know a an, an Old Testament scholar, and he's brilliant. He's really smart, um, obviously, right? Obviously, I think if you are going to be an Old Testament scholar, you, you you would be or you should be. And um, but I get I am pretty sure he would say I am fairly confident that this guy would say I don't need to read the New Testament to make sense of the Old. And hmm. so there are people much smarter than me, um, uh, and and probably just as smart. Uh, as, as Goldsworthy, uh, who would disagree with this? Uh, the, what we're basically saying though, in its simplest form is to make full and proper sense of the Old Testament, you have to have the new. Yeah. And you're not going to make full and proper sense of the Old Testament apart from it because the new is the authoritative interpretation. Uh, and not only that, it also models for us uh, a way of of interpreting and, and, and applying the text today. In fact, at the end of this uh, at the end of this chapter, this is a section by goldsworthy called applying the text to today. Mm-hmm. he says all this of all of this it, all this is of interest because it opens the way to making the biblical text applicable to ourselves. biblical theology shows us the uh, this kind of a bridge that we need to overcome. It's a gap between um, the text and the modern Christian. Yeah. Because this was, he's already talked about this. Yeah, yeah, You know, whether it was written, you know, a, a thousand years ago, uh, you know, two, I'm sorry, 2,000 years ago uh, or, or longer, uh, there's, a, there's cultural, yeah. uh, historical uh, gaps between us. And then, so how do we apply this to ourselves? He gives us three steps, right? Yeah, three steps. I mean, he talks about
1: uh, exegesis, then hermeneutics and then application and and these are steps that you know uh not just for applying to ourselves but even for as we're uh sharing the gospel with our kids right like during right. family devotions as we're preparing for uh children's ministry or bible study or Sunday school Sunday preaching. school whatever it is these are all this is a tool that i mean it should be um part of our everyday yeah. devotional life cuz
0: you 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 Listen, you're going to mishandle the Word if you aren't working with the original text and going through the work of exegesis, Mm -hmm. but then um, working with... So exegesis is working with the text, hermeneutics, um, interpreting uh, the text by means of a biblical theology, understanding what God is doing uh, in revealing here, and then that of homiletics, uh, applying that uh, to uh, people living today, and so he's got a he's got a little summary of each of these. I mm-hmm. thought it'd be good if we read these. Sure, uh, exegesis. Uh, this
1: is the term used to refer to the business of finding out what the text originally meant. Before we can ever show the relevance of any part of the Bible, we must know what its author intended
0: to convey to his readers. That's always the first place. Right? Always. What is the Original intent for yeah. the now, what's
1: the setting? The you know what's mm-hmm. the situation? What is there? Is there some sort of controversy? You know, especially as we talk, uh, you know, about Paul's letters, right? Right? Is there some sort of controversy? Is there an issue that he's addressing? Is he trying to support? Is he trying to encourage? What stage of life is he in? You know, what's going on uh, in his situation?
0: And and that you know that gets into some other area issues that might be a little complicated for this episode, but. Um, so what was the what was the uh, the text originally meant by the author, um, and and how much did he understand? Did he understand all the ways in which God would unpack what he meant? Okay, well, probably not, right? right? I mean, so uh, you know, Moses is writing some things down, uh, Solomon's writing some things down, and he has a particular meaning, but what he may not know is that God's going to unpack that further, yeah, uh, in in ways that. He's just not aware of. So that's why we're going to need that New Testament. Hermeneutics. Uh, The hermeneutic, or interpretive process, is concerned with showing how the ancient biblical text has general relevance here and now. This book is uh, mainly concerned with this stage and seeks to show how interpretation depends on the structure of the revelation of the Bible. Mm. So hermeneutics is, you know, uh, for, for Goldsworthy here, It is the the process by showing how what the Bible says is connected together and then, you know, uh, relevant to us today. And then finally, application. The general application of the text is turned
1: into specific application to the life of the reader or hearer. Homiletics, preaching, is one such method of application as the preacher brings the meaning of the text from its original meaning, exegesis, through its general Christian interpretation, hermeneutics, to its specific way of addressing the congregation. Yeah, that's good. So it's almost like what's what's at stake here? You know, mm-hmm. so what? How how should we respond or change or or uh Confess, you know, in light of what we
0: have heard. One of the ways that we do this, we work hard at this at Redeemer, and we have to work hard at it because most of us, I don't think, are naturally good at application. Oh, yeah. It's like we get the theology and uh, we might get one thing to apply. Yeah. So we have to work really, really hard at it. And, and so we do. And so one of the things that we do is we talk about application and implications. Yes. right. So Because that kind of just turns it a little bit so that we're able to say like, okay, because when you think application, how does this directly apply to my life? Well, before you can answer that, sometimes you have to say, well, what are the implications of this text? Mm-hmm. If this is true, um, then what might this require of me to believe? What does, what does this require of me to believe? Yeah. Or to do or to stop doing, uh, so just talking about it in terms of implications can be um, can be helpful, and one of the things I just shared it with uh, the church last week we talk I talked about um this these these three aspects of application that we ought to be pressing into um, and you've heard it said before, like head, heart hand, right so you want you want the the truth that you're looking at in scripture, you've done the the exegesis, you've done the biblical theology, now you're trying to apply it, and so people say, like well, how does this impact your head?' What you know, your heart, uh, what you feel, mm-hmm. and your hands, what you do. Um, the way that, that that Jimmy and I are, are talking about it a lot these days, because we're doing it better. You know, yeah. well, yeah, yeah. yeah we're, I mean, come yeah, on, now. We're, I don't, know, yeah, yeah. I don't do it better. Come but, on, now, it's okay, it's okay. All right. They all do start with the same letter.
1: Oh, oh that's that that, that shows how good we that's,
0: are. That's because we're Baptist, mm-hmm. Baptist, Baptist. So think about it like this, and I think these the, the word choice is going to help you guys. So when you are doing application, um. Head heart hand think about it like this uh, instead of head heart hand think um, confidence conviction, and conduct yeah right so we say confidence instead of head because it's not just what you know it it is what do you, what should you know that will give you confidence before the face of God or mm-hmm. confidence and surety in your life right now you know what we, should you have faith in right, right? faith in and and what trust and, and, and belief absolutely. and hope and yeah, yeah. I mean, it should. This is not about amassing head knowledge or memorizing yes. principles. Uh, that might be a part of it, but it's a small part of it. This should actually give you a sense of stability. So, confidence, right? Mm. Confidence based on the doctrine you have come to know, and then conviction is what you should be feeling. Your uh, the stirring of your affections. Um, does this create within you a holy zeal? Yeah. Do you love a passion, right? Uh, what, or are you moved to hate? Mm. Um, how does this... Does it create joy in you or deep conviction of sin? Mm-hmm. So uh, the, the convictional aspect of this is equally important. So you're not just asking... Well, what am I supposed to do? It's, well, what am I supposed to know and believe? Mm-hmm. Um, what am I supposed to feel, or how am I supposed to be affected internally by this? And by the way, one of the things that you should always do is you should consider the, 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 the state of your congregation or your Sunday school or your community group. Um, not only do you need to know the individuals and where they're at, but also, overall, is there a, is there a general... Uh, flavor, yeah, to the group. Yeah. Are they? Are things bitter for them right now, or are they sweet right now? Mm-hmm. Are they? Are people generally sad, generally hurting, generally comfortable? Uh, that's going to help you do this work. You got to know your audience well. Mm-hmm. So conviction, and then the last one, uh, conduct. You know what should we be doing? I mean, like, faith without works is is dead. Wait, what?
1: Yeah, faith without works is dead. Are, are you just making that up right now? No, I'm talking about James, James Brown, James Brown. <laughs> Who said? <laughs>
0: What are you t- oh yeah, I'm just teasing.
1: You. Oh my gosh, you got to be all scared! I'm like, I going love, through my I head.
0: Love, I give Jimmy the serious <laughs> look, and he's like, "Am I saying it wrong?" What yeah, and I'm doing? thinking
1: in my head. I'm like, "What the?"
0: Yeah, faith without works is dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the God calls us to do, yeah. to act, to respond, to kill sin. So, what does, um, our, what should our conduct be? You don't just want to hit conduct. Yeah, right. It's God, oftentimes a lot of moralistic oh, preaching. Is that? It, oh, that's, that. that's all that, it that's it. Is. it. Is. Yeah, it's how you can do this better. Yeah, but you have to have this your confidence. And see, when you get to the confidence issue, you're not just asking what does uh, this truth? How does this truth? Truth can confidence before God. For that to really work, it has to be connected to Jesus. Yeah, right. So, um, how does God answer my deficiencies in this area? That's right. right. And so the conduct, though, is the outflow of having been reconciled to God, empowered by God. So now we can go. You you should be able to ask yourself first, what do I need to do, mm-hmm. and only then should you move on to what about the people that I'm preaching or teaching, um, preaching to or teaching. What what do they need to how do, how do they need to respond as a whole, or as individuals?
1: I mean, there's a great book out there uh, to help you learn how to kind of preach to yourself called Note to Self, and has mm-hmm. put out by Crossway Publishing. Yeah. You can head so, on over to Amazon, so and there you can go ahead and uh, mm. pick that up by Joe
0: Thorne. Yeah. Joe freaking Thorne. All right, all right. <laughs> Listen, why don't we save chapter five Let's for next Monday? Um, keep reading the book, guys. Let us know what you think. We would love to hear you um, engage on social media with mm-hmm. the hashtag Learn with JoFo. Yeah, learn with JoFo. That way uh, we know that you're tracking. We know that you're reading. Um, Thursday episode's going to be a regular one, and then next Monday we'll come back and do a little bit more of gospel and kingdom.
1: We'd love to hear your thoughts. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head on over to the new website. Brand new. Brand new, Doctrine There you can contact us. You can sign up for our email blast, or you can hit up the store and register. For that 2018 doctor of Ocean Conference on the Spirit and the Church. It's a lot oh, of people coming yeah. in.
0: Yep. I th- we're going to have like 300 people. Well, we might. No, I think we will. Ha- we're going to have 300 people. We don't have them yet. We don't have them yet. We're, we're, we're well right. over 200. We're, we're on our way.
1: Uh, yeah, we're all near 250.
0: Yeah, we're, we're near basically at 300. No, it's not basically if 300. If we're near 250, we're 250. And if we're at 250, <laughs> we're halfway to 300. Let's just round up. Oh, <laughs> We're going <laughs> to well, no, that 500 uh, we
1: Hold on, though. Because we're near, right? that actually means you should round down then. Because we're not over. always we're round not up. We're not over. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you don't, you don't round up. I round up when I tip. When you tip, but when you give me a cigar, no, you don't round up. When you owe me two and a half cigars.
0: Oh. And you still owe me two cigars. I, I, I asked, because here's the thing. I owe Jimmy two cigars because I made two stupid bets with him. I know. What? Okay, <laughs> let's, let's just let's talk about the bets. No, don't, don't, don't do this. No, because I'm actually mad about it. Once I found <laughs> out it really happened, I was pretty upset about it. You want to talk about it? Huh? You want to talk about that first bet? Why do I have to talk about that first bet? Because you lost no, because it's like it's an it's like a stupid thing that makes me mad at those people. Oh, what they did to me! Yeah, are you actually mad? I am mad. Yeah, I you know you I know? thought you were playing. I wasn't playing. Okay, this look, is what He to was me. playing. Actually, I've never had it like that. Yeah. That I will say. Well, let me just say this: whenever Jimmy and I travel, <laughs> Jimmy gets harassed. No, I, I'm, I'm the random. I'm the oh, random. No, it's just, it's just, it's just it's all, <laughs> It just so happens that he's always the random guy that gets pulled out. So, um. And so, of course, uh, we're traveling, mm-hmm. and Jimmy gets, Jimmy gets pulled aside. Now, um, they always have to touch my body after I do go through the scanner, but it's always just a one-touch up here because, I don't know, my pacemaker. I don't know what it is, but they always yeah. want to touch something. Joe does me. not have a pacemaker. So um, I'm too old for that surgery. They're afraid I'll die. <laughs> and um, so they always do this little thing. Oh, there's nothing there? Okay, fine. I don't know why that is. So, but for Jimmy, they, um, they wanted to get into his pants. And it's usually like the backhand, um, you
1: know, usually I get the yeah. backhand pats right, all yeah. around, you know, yeah, up, up and down. Up front, front, front and On the
0: belt line. Front like the on belt the belt line. Inside like the that. pants. But you know, along the belt line.
1: And so this time, the guy goes, uh, do you want to go somewhere private? Like, would you like some privacy? I said, well, no. I mean, for me, it's like, you got to buy me dinner first. <laughs> I know. we to go private. <laughs> you want to put on something <laughs> more comfortable, Jimmy? <laughs> and so, yeah, no, he uh, he searched. And he searched up. Yeah. Like, in, the, in the underpants. In the underpants. Yeah. So anyways, I you know what though? I want a cigar from it.
0: First of all, I want a cigar. Cuz sometimes when we joke, we we will will embellish the joke yeah, yeah. and everybody laughs. But then uh, sexual harassment's not a joke, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I got him
1: right there cuz he you knows it's not a joke. <laughs> I got just, you there. No, no no, I'm
0: just debating whether or not to use the hashtag. I'm not I'm not going to. <laughs> No, yeah, don't diminish don't diminish so, others. <laughs> so here's the thing. Um I thought Jimmy was joking when you kind of recounted it to us and, uh, and, and i and like know, they can't we, do that. But no, I know,
1: but come on, Joe like as much as we joke around and we play around, there are serious moments for us where it's like oh, Hold of course. On, well yeah, but if you're gonna press me and you're like, come on, seriously? Seriously, I'm not gonna lie to you and say, "Oh yeah." You, you you have taken things far. I've taken you, things far, but you've that taken kind of far. a situation,
0: I would not joke. That kind of ah, a situation. I don't, I don't you, 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 you take things far sometimes, but okay. I don't. Either way, you were wrong, I, and I didn't even have to look it up because you just said, "No, I'm telling you the truth." So that's why I don't yeah. feel like I need to look it up. Yeah. So anyway, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. You know what they have? What's that at uh, at Lavida? What they have? Oh, what about the second the second one? I the double remember, or nothing. I don't remember what that one was, but they have. League oh. of number nines, mm-hmm. tubos.
1: I'll take two of those. Yeah, I'll I'm take gonna... two tubos. Yeah, that's
0: what I'm going to get for you.
1: All right. Fresh pod every Monday and Thursday. We got blog posts on Wednesdays, some video content on Friday. No, nah, don't even
0: say it because because we, we don't get it on Friday. So just expect some video content. Coming soon. Yeah. Ish. Right. Not today, though, because Jimmy's got to go on a date with his daughter. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm taking my daughter out. Yeah. I, I feel so bad.
1: All right. Later. Bye.